Hey fam, guess what? The Wild Soul Podcast has a new sponsor. That is right. The Wild Soul Podcast is brought to you by Bright Future. Bright Future is a Canadian company that makes all natural premium quality microdosing products. Their products are designed to stimulate focus, creativity, energy, and boost your mood while decreasing stress and inflammation in the body. If you're looking for something that'll help you feel and function better, Bright Future's got you covered. Check them out on Instagram at get.brightfuture and on their website, getbrightfuture.co. Use the code WILDSOUL15 for 15% off at checkout. Happy microdosing. You are listening to the Wild Soul Podcast, a podcast for the wild ones. Join me, your host, Queen Namaste, as we embark on a journey to find our true north and our own unique path. From wild, inspired conversations to searching for life's hidden gems and meanings with a little dash of crazy in between. Because really, who doesn't want to dance to the beat of their own drum? Hey Soul Fam, welcome to the Wild Soul Podcast. I am your host, Queen Namaste, and this is the podcast where we talk about all things wild, nothing is left off the table, and I interview amazing people from around the world who are lifting and shifting the consciousness of this planet to make it a better place. If it's your first time, welcome to the show. And if it is not your first time, thank you for returning. I love you. Thank you for the support. You are amazing. Um, And before we begin the podcast, if this podcast resonates with you in any type of way, please feel free to rate, review, subscribe, share this episode, take a screenshot of it on your phone and share it to your favorite social media platform. Sharing is caring and I would appreciate that so, so, so much. So thank you in advance. Thank you for being here and welcome to the show. We had a little bit of a break and that wasn't planned at all, but life is awesome. So uh, my apologies for not having much on March, but I was living my life and it was honestly an amazing March compared to last March. I don't know where you guys were last March, but I was in a bad spot. Obviously, we know what happened last March with, you know, I'm not even going to say, I don't even want to give it power with its name. Um, However, I know it was a very dark time for a lot of people. And um, yeah, I just wanted to make new memories in March. And that's exactly what I did and the universe delivered. And oh my gosh, we'll have to have a update episode with with what happened. Uh, But lots of cool changes, lots of exciting new beginnings, lots of endings as well. And it was really cool because I got to actually go snowboarding quite a bit in March and I have not been snowboarding since 2018. So it was just like, yeah, and International Women's Day was March 8, I believe. And I went snowboarding on National Women, International Women's Day and I just had the time of my life. I went by myself and I was like, yeah, doing hot girl shit. Yeah, independent woman. Yeah, let's go. And I watched the sunset and and then had dinner with my aunt and uncle and I hadn't seen them in so long. It was just such a wonderful day and it was just, March was just awesome, you guys. I hope you had a wonderful March as well. 
April's going to be even more awesome. It is spring and I got some guests lined up for you. And one of the beautiful guests that I have on the show today is Jesse. Jesse and I met at Circle in um, one of our spiritual groups doing some plant medicine. And this guy's story is just wild. Obviously, he's on the Wild Soul podcast. But uh, once you listen to Jesse's story, he was literally rock bottom freaking crystal meth, heroin, shooting it up, homeless. And he's changed his life around with the help of plant medicine, plant medicine, especially uh, psilocybin mushrooms. They've been on the show many times before. We're sponsored by a mushroom brand and I can't say enough good things about psilocybin. Neither can Jesse. He's talking about how plant medicine saved him. And now that he also has a brand that he is creating, a Canadian local company with mushrooms and I'm just so proud of this human and really like like the courage the perseverance the tenacity that someone needs to have in order to go from rock bottom to literally healing and helping others it's such an amazing story and it gives me hope for this planet that we can do anything that we set our minds to and we are so powerful if we just believe it so yeah without further ado we're gonna listen to jesse's story and feel free to follow him on his social it's tagged in the show notes and his brand is almost ready so when that happens for sure you will hear more about it on the podcast so Happy hump day. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Let's get Jesse's story started. Jesse Bandock. Bandock. <laughs> Welcome to your last name. Yeah, Shannon Peters, right? You're Peters, right? I'm Peters, yes. Shannon Peters. Anyways. Shannon Peters is welcoming Jesse Von Dock to the Wild Soul Podcast. Hello, hello, welcome. Hello. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Thank you for coming on today. I am very pumped that you're here. I love you. I love your energy. I love what you stand for and what you're about and your story. And yeah, we're going to talk about it all today. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Let's do it. I always ask this question to my guests when they come on. Jesse, who are you? Who am I? That's a good question. <laughs> uh, um, well, we were just speaking about like the life path. Like, yeah, now humanitarian. You know, I, I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm a here. I'm here to help heal. Um, you know, help heal people. Um, so I am I'm now working with medicine. So I'm a bit of a medicine man. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a supporter of you know helping people grow in their love, um, you know, find the root cause of their issues. Um, I'm also a father. I have a little tiny six-year-old boy. Um, a bit of a bit of a handful too, you know, a little bit crazy, like the good kind of crazy though, you know. Um, you know, I, yeah, I, I kind of go to the beat of my own drum. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I got that, that, like I said, hummingbird energy. I'm all over the place, but it, it makes sense. At the same time, um, chaotic yet organized, <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm just like yeah, I'm a I'm a ball of energy. I'm 
I'm full of life and I love life. Um, I do have a bit of a shady past, but that's kind of what makes me who I am. And yeah. <laughs> Did you say a shady past? A shaded past, yeah. A shaded past, okay. Shaded past, yeah. Well, uh, I, used to, I, I lived in my ego for a lot, and I mean like full on egotistical male, you know, like, look at me, I'm the best, ah, you know, like, yeah, I was, it was yeah, typical, like, try, like, you know, like, oh, I'm the alpha, oh, look at me, like, I used to scrap, I used to do drugs, drink, chase women, you know, try and get cars and, you know, money and this, that, and the other thing, you know, typical, typical, <laughs> Oh, I feel like that's like sad. That's sad to say that that type of person is typical. You know, it is. It's very sad to say, but that's kind of what we've been programmed to think is what we want, right? And it's, yeah, it's 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 a normal thing for you know um, a male my age um, to have gone through um, or still be going through, um, in North America, you know, it's, it's the capitalist world that we live in, you know, it's, it's all about more, 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 you know, stepping on people's backs to get what you want, you know, greed, selfishness, self-centeredness, and yeah, it's, it's horrible. It leads to a lot of, a lot of issues, <laughs> at least it did for me, right, so. <laughs> Let's talk about those issues. <laughs> if you want to go back, dive, like, I always love getting to know people's past and where they came from and, and what made them who they are like to this day. So uh, let's talk about your past a little bit, your shaded past, if you will. Shaded past, yeah. So my, my like, I, I, had, I had a lot of issues as, as a youngin. I um, um, had some sexual trauma when I was very young. Um, I, was, I was lucky enough to not be like, you know, like molested in a sense of like physically. I was just, uh, read a story from a babysitter from a really young age and it was like a karma sutra love making book or like you know oh that's a cat or a good sex book <laughs> and um at the age of four you shouldn't be reading kids um detailed books about what to do with a woman so you know just just i went out and did that stuff with girls my age and got caught and they thought my parents were raping me and um so i was uh, taken away by the ministry and i had to go and prove that my parents weren't you know sexually molesting me which obviously was the truth and very easy for me to prove that and uh so i had to uh, i had to deal with that hold on a second hold on a second i you lost me there you had a babysitter she showed you these books and then you started having sex with with the girls when girls my age when you were like five how old were you four four or five yeah yeah so not good right and they're like they didn't they're like how does he know what he's doing like he shouldn't know all these things oh. you know like and they just assume that you know my parents had been sexually molesting me because of what i knew so they called the ministry on my parents and the ministry stepped in and i had to this was a little tiny town i was talking about of like 100 150 people so it became this big thing i had to fly down to here vancouver to go see specialists with ministry to you know, go under psychological and a psychology, the psychologist and psychiatrist to make sure that, um, you know, like the, the accusations weren't happening. Um, and then obviously I proved that nothing was going on. Um, but um, from what I learned in a mushroom journey, um, if, if, if I went back to that, that place, you know, I didn't really notice when I was a kid, but um, now there's a town of 100, 150 people that everybody knows what's going on, right? Because everybody in a town like that, that's what they do is they talk. Um, I didn't have any friends. I only had one family that I was allowed to be friends with. 
um and a little kid that's like you know five years old that just innocent and just wants to be liked and hang out you know probably has a lot of looks too there's a lot of like bad energy being put on me because of what happened um and it caused me to start acting up and um you know i just wanted to be seen i wanted to be heard and i wasn't i wasn't so it caused me to act out and and then that behavior kind of you know snowballed i moved to another town campbell river on the island and i just was that way now and so that behavior continued and now people didn't want to hang out with me because of that behavior because i was just like super obnoxious you know <laughs> like you know like super crazy high energy kid and it just yeah caused a lot of issues <clears throat> and and i still had issues with the the sexual stuff and and I got caught a couple times. I had to see counselors a couple times. And then, and then, yeah, eventually, um, when I was like, I guess I was 12 was the first time I started smoking pot and drinking. I think drinking was the first thing that I did. Um, and, um, you know, I had a friend and his mom was a crackhead and she didn't care. She'd buy us a 12, she'd buy us a pot of beer. And at 12 years old, she had no issues with that. And we would drink and had our friends that would smoke pot and, you know, we would, pop whatever pill i didn't know what the pills were at the time you know we pop them and right and and then i just snowballed and you know it just became this like part of my identity who was i i was jesse the pothead um and that made me cool um in school that made me cool you know like that's what kids are like oh wow look at jesse like oh he can get pot and, and I, I worked i worked as soon as i was 14 i started working like i was i was i've been hustling my whole life you know i've always been making money and so i was like i bought my friends oh, i thought that's just what was part of it right like i was like oh like people want to hang out with me because i'm cool because i have money and drugs and yeah obviously very fake friends right you get ripped off a lot and um and that just progressed into you know women too like you could just you know and then you get to the age where it's like all right like i don't have to hide it i'm allowed to have a girlfriend and you know the world you know i'd be cheating on all my girlfriends and um yeah i got into stuff like crack and cocaine and and it just kept going down and down and down until I got into like crystal meth and the crystal meth was like horrible. And that was, I think I was 19, 20, yeah, 19, 20 when I started crystal meth. And then I just, I hated the life, the people, you know, I remember the first time I saw somebody shoot up and I was like, oh man, like, I don't really want to be here. This isn't really what I want for my life. And um, yeah, I met a girl and I moved and I was clean for like five years three years I was clean off of everything I didn't smoke pot and I smoked cigarettes didn't drink didn't do anything and um and then after that I started you know drinking a little bit I smoked pot once in a blue moon and um yeah I went back to being like a normal person I would drink you know maybe once a month you know go like get hammered at the bar and dance and you know like you know normal people would do they call it right and um and yeah then relationship fell apart met a girl got into cocaine again and then i got into a car crash and she used to be a heroin addict so i started started using heroin because they wouldn't give me pills they gave me you know like uh, we don't call that um valium and uh, vicodin at first and that was great that took away the pain that felt good but um yeah eventually they're just like no you can have muscle relaxants and um naproxen which did not take the pain away so we ended up starting using heroin and that started a nine-year battle with heroin for me Holy and um, yeah, it went, it went, it went pretty okay for the first little bit, considering heroin. You know, like I, I kept my jobs for quite a while. I was a functional heroin addict. Um, I was able to pay my bills and use. I was, I was, I've been a chef. I was a chef for 23 years before I, I started my company, 
And, um, and then eventually at one point I started using needles and then that's when it went really downhill. And, um, yeah, so I became a, an injury intravenous heroin user. And, um, and then that, that, uh, yeah, that just led to, to me doing, um, horrible things. You know, I started losing jobs, I started stealing from jobs. Um, I would go to camp and get sober and then I get out and I get on the dope and it would be this back and forth and back and forth. And, and then I had a girlfriend and she ended up cheating on me when I was in camp and trying to get better. And I did good. I, I got better for a while, but then I just started partying with like, you know, like cocaine and drinking and just no heroin. And then I got back on it again. And then I had my son that got me off it for a bit. And then I started drinking and then she left me and I went back on to it, but because she had taken my son and she was, she's the love of my life. She still is. She's my twin flame. I just went straight downhill, started shooting cocaine and heroin. Um, and then lost my job. I was, I was a four star chef on, on Salzburg. I owned it. Well, I didn't own, but I ran a, a beautifully, beautiful, like very, very well-known restaurant. We were, when I worked there, I was uh, out of all the restaurants in BC, I was number 21. Um, so I had a really good name for myself and had a family and lost it all. And, and um, you know, within five months, I just was, um, uh, I was homeless and I ended up in recovery and I did good for about 35 days. And then I ended up going down to the East side with a buddy and um, I had a slip or a relapse and I used for two days straight. And in that relapse, I, I went into the substation downtown Vancouver and I jumped on a 230,000 volt transformer, um, successfully knocking out the power to half of Vancouver and survived, obviously, because here I am. I love when people say that. They're like, oh my God, and you survived? I'm like, no. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, like you would think that some of that would stop me from using drugs, but it didn't. Two months later, when I had freedom, I went down to the east side, bought some cocaine, and brought it back to my hospital bed. And I was shooting cocaine in my hospital bed. So I, um, I thought I like, I like, I, I say, I always say that I scared myself into moderation. And for a while, their moderation worked, but uh, it didn't work for the full time. Eventually, um, uh, I would use every once in a while, and then I got really honest with my son's mom, and she was like, "That's great! Like, thank you so much for telling me." And I told her like all the things that I did in my life um, when I was with her, like total men's of like allowing her to know. <clears throat> and, um, and then I used and I told her and she's like, that's great. Thank you for telling me, but just don't let it happen again. And one week later I used again and she's like, you know what? That's it. I can't, I can't put up with this. And she took my son and said, you know, like you're not going to be able to see him for a good year or two. And, um, and that just made me fall apart. So I just kind of gave up on everything. Again, I had an amazing job in Victoria running one of the better restaurants there. And, um, and I just, I just stopped showing up and I went out and I bought an ounce of crystal meth and became a meth dealer because I just was like, this is what I'm going to live. And then I ended up on the streets and I lived on the streets for four months and, um, yeah, in our shelters it was winter time too it was kind of rough you know i would sleep in a sleeping bag on the streets and i would sell drugs and you know end up in really bad situations and um and yeah eventually i had a lot of people that like in my the one shelter i was in that they're like jesse like we see you like i was always like a happy guy still like i was like miserable but happy at the same time i was always like hey guys how's it going you know like, like how are you doing i'm like i fucking hate my life and they're like oh like <laughs> 
But I was happy about hating in my life. And then they're like, like, we see you. And we're like, you shouldn't be here. Like, you're not like a lot of the other people here. You know, like, like we really wanted you to help get help. And so I had some really amazing angels out there that were pushing me to get into recovery. And one of the guys, yeah, he got me into Pacifica, which is like actually just close to here um, by Commercial Broadway. And uh, I went there, but I'm kind of me again, go to the beat of my own drum. So I kind of figured out their system. I was able to escape and go kind of do my own thing. And, <laughs> and uh, so I went to my counseling meetings. They're like, how's things going? I'm like, you know, really good. You know, I'm not following all the rules like I probably should be, but I'm getting there. And they're like, oh, well, what's going on with that? I'm like, well, I'm not going to tell you because you're going to kick me out. And they're like, but Jesse, isn't this an honest program? And I'm like, yeah, I guess. Okay, I'll tell you. And I told them how I like can like jump on my second story window and then come in on smoke break after like two hours. And they're like, oh shit, like we did not think it was gonna be that bad. And I'm like, oh, so what's going on? And yeah, they kicked me out. And um, so I ended up in a hardcore psychosis because I just went straight back to drugs. And after like three, what is it? three days of using I I just stopped everything and um I was I went on um it was an interesting four-day journey I was in psychosis but I was led by God God came into my life like I mean like Jesus and like God and in the religious sense it was kind of interesting and he led me to um a Christian recovery center and um it was great I I did really good there I I fully immersed myself in Christianity um, like that's why I got the scripture on my neck here, you know, Romans 8, 31, 39, nothing can separate you from God's love. I, I know a lot of scripture. I know the Bible and there was just still something a bit missing. There was a lot of, you know, like inconsistencies, I would say in the Bible that make me go, wait a minute, you know, and it made me question a lot of things. And like, I, I, I consider myself a Christian as much as I consider myself a Buddhist and a Hindu, um, because I believe in all these religions, right? But, uh, you know, that only worked for so long. And I met a girl because girls and me still have, I have a lot of issues with women and um, especially with the sex. And uh, yeah, I met a girl and she was in a relationship and we ended up having an affair. She kicked her boyfriend out. I moved in with her and that went well for a couple months. Then it didn't. Then because I would put all my love on, you know, the outside world, I never loved myself I was always like oh this is how I love right this is how I love like I need someone to love me to feel loved and um and then yeah so when it fell apart again I started using meth and um yeah I ended up going into some pretty hardcore psychosis in her house I feel really bad for what I put her through and um then I ended up getting kicked out her landlord came and literally was like you gotta leave and then he dropped me off at a shelter and then I went to a shelter and um Continued my drug use, I became a drug dealer yet again. Um, and I hooked up with, I don't really want to call it a gang, but we're going to call it a group of people that support each other, <laughs> right? So, you know, I had protection from some crazy ass motherfuckers. And I started selling like hell heroin, crack, cocaine, and crystal meth. And really good at selling drugs. I'm, I'm amazing. <laughs> oh my God, that's uh, I do really well. <laughs> I had the shelter that I was in, I became the like head drug dealer within like the first two weeks I was there and I ran the entire place. And um, yeah, I was selling stuff called car fentanyl, which is like the worst kind of fentanyl. It's like, I died off of three tiny sand grains of this drug. I died. 
I've died, I don't know how many times, uh, maybe like five times I've overdosed off of heroin or fentanyl. And a lot of my friends I've watched OD in front of me. I've saved people's life. I've saved people's life with CPR before. Uh, I've saved people's life with Narcan. And uh, yeah, so about four months, it's usually about four months I can only handle my addiction and then I gotta leave. I don't like it. I hate my life when I'm there. But, you know, again, happy, trying to spread love. I used to do Bible studies at my shelter while selling these people heroin. And, um, and then, yeah, eventually I got out. And, and um, you know, it still was like, I got sober, but it's like, I wasn't like, I wasn't, I wasn't like recovered. Um, you know, there's like a big difference between like being recovered and being sober. Um, and, um, and I never get kicked out of my, my, my one recovery house. I went back to the Christian one because I'd smoked pot. And to me, pot is a beautiful medicine. Obviously it's a plant, Santa Maria. It's got a lot of benefits. Um, and then I went to another recovery and things started going good. And, um, I, I got a job in camp and, and I hadn't worked in camp for a while. So, you know, the money's coming in camp, camp work is amazing. Um, you, you know, I was making, you know, like six to eight grand a month. And, um, and then I started, uh, microdosing. I, I got back into mushrooms that I hadn't really used, um, for quite a while. And I've been hearing about the, the actual microdosing and then I'd done a little bit of research on it. So I was like, you know, I'm going to try this. And man, I had amazing results. I would intuitively microdose. I wouldn't bring my scale to camp. I'd just be like, you know, I grab like a little mushroom and I'd be like, okay. I'm like, oh, and then I'd be like, oh, like oh, that's a strong winner. Oh, okay. Today's like really mellow or oh, I barely feel it today. And I, um, I developed my own schedule because, you know, like you look at, statements is the five on two off and then there's five min which is a one day three off and um, i started doing four on three off because it's like a perfect week it's still seven days and um yeah it, it connected me to myself it connected me to nature i started reading all the time i started listening to um uh, meditations i would do my own meditations and camp is a beautiful place to, to work on yourself because you're just with yourself so a lot of like in my head and going through things and connecting to that. Um, and then I did some huge flood doses and that's what I said, connecting me to like my childhood trauma of the sexual abuse and how it actually affected me. And, um, and then I went to, I went to a boga in uh, last December, December the 13th, actually Friday the 13th, which is one of my favorite days. It's the day my son was born too, Friday the 13th. And, um, and yeah, I was down there for eight days and I ingested a boga twice and um that entirely changed my life and that's when i truly started i think my spiritual path what is a boga for people that don't know a boga is a root bark from africa it comes from the tabernathi boga plant and it is the root actually of the plant so they 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 sacredly they 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 dig up a bit of the roots and they just pull a little bit out to not kill the entire tree and it takes 10 years for them to come to maturity for you to be able to get the effects of the, the aboga. And the main ingredient in aboga is ibogaine. There's 16 alkaloids in it. Ibogaine is the, the one that gives you kind of like the visionary, um, they call it like a lucid dream. Some people call it like a waking dream because it's like this screen comes down in front of you, right? And boom, all of a sudden you can see these visions. And personally, me, myself, I'm able to leave my body. I astral project. I can go anywhere in the world. I can see anyone I want. Um, and it's, it's kind of scary because um, it shows you some pretty brutal stuff on um, things that you've done, uh, things that have been done to you. 
Um, and it's, it's not a, it's not a soft medicine by any means. They call it the stern father. Whereas like, you know, like ayahuasca is like the, the mother, right? So the mother is very loving and caring and embracing. Um, she can be obviously, um, rough sometimes too. Um, but the, from what I understand from a lot of people's journeys, uh, um, yeah, like the, the comparison is that there's no comparison. Um, and then, you know, you look at Pedro, Pedro's like the, the grandfather. So grandfather's always a little bit nicer than your dad. Right. Um, so these, these different energies, right. But it, it is, it is, it is so powerful, but done with such a powerful love. Right. And that's it. Like your dad loves you when he's scolding you and he's just trying to tell you what to do so you don't fuck up in life. Right. And so I always say like a boga makes it really hard and easy because you have such clear direction on what you need to do now. You know exactly. Like there's no like with Aya, I found, you know, you're like, oh, you're kind of like humming and hot. You're like, okay, that kind of meant this and this. With a bow, you're like, oh no, like I know. Like it told me, like, don't do this and you should be doing that. And it's you, it's you who's telling you this, right? Like you just get connected with the boga. Mm -hmm. And it opens up that door to your soul. Where did you go and do this? I was in Costa Rica. Oh wow. So it's called a Bogo Wellness Center. Um, when I went there, they were actually kind of like more up in the southwest area, like towards the the beach of like Coco, uh, Playa del Coco and stuff like that, Playa Acatal, just outside of uh, Liberia. But they are now in the south. They've moved, and um, my uh, one of my guys, Levi, he's kind of the the main guy who runs it. And Gary Cook is the one that created it, and he's like the the elder in the Bowiti. Um, they have a Ibogain or Iboga farm now, so they're they're actually growing their own. So they have a, um, a, a sustainable source because Iboga is one of those things that you know will be getting over farmed. We have poachers like in in Gabon, it's considered sacred, and you're not allowed to export it. So you know it's 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 something that I'm I'm definitely passionate about. It's like making sure that if I do get a boga, it's from a reliable source. It's just like ayahuasca, right? Like exactly. ideally you don't want to be bringing Peruvian ayahuasca um, to Canada because it's, you know, you're destroying their wildlife. Right. Um, like a lot of the medicines, I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know where our guy gets it from, but I, you know, like I know the people on Gabriel use um, um, Hawaiian, ayahuasca right so it can be farmed and then we're sustaining the the medicine instead of taking from its natural habitat and destroying you know like beautiful forests right so that was what in december of 2020 that you did this or the year before 2019 2019 yeah yeah so so that's when you started yeah. like the healing journey yeah because i was gonna ask you like you it seemed like listening to your story it was like a lot of the same pattern you're like yeah Sober, clean, cool, get bored, let's go do drugs. Ah, fuck, I'm homeless. Ah, okay, let's go back into the shelter, okay? And then, like, repeat, repeat, repeat. Um, so, wow. First of all, I just want to say, like, damn. Like, God has your back, for sure. And just when you, like, because when I first met you, and then I saw your your burns on your body, I'm like, holy fuck, that's obviously some sort of story. And just the fact that it like took out half of Vancouver and you were alive. It's just like, wow, like that's God being like, okay, Jesse, like you're here to do great things. Like stop being a fucking idiot. Excuse me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. wow. And um, yeah. So I guess 
how did you hear about um, like a, a boga or whatever? Because I feel that uh, that was obviously the catalyst. That was like the change in the pattern, right? Because like recovery wasn't helping you. Bible study wasn't helping you. So how did you find that? And how did you, yeah, how did that happen? Well, I have to say too, like, like uh, all those things did help me. They were all a piece of the puzzle for me. Um, it just wasn't enough yeah. for me. Uh, I needed I needed some deep deep healing right and that's why I think all these medicines are so beneficial because they just connect you to you right and like and you can have like so many people I find have all that wisdom in them and like even before like I knew what I needed to do like I had I had it in me and I had these thoughts it was just it was just connecting like this bridge that seemed to be like this like it just wasn't quite there like i couldn't bridge the the like the heart ego right i needed to really dissolve my because my ego was like i call it the polar bear it's like literally the alpha predator of this world like it's the biggest meanest you know like ah consuming thing and it just as much as it's incredibly smart too which is a bit of its downfall um i needed to just like get rid of it and that's why these medicines are good because they dissolve your ego and allow you to connect to that wisdom that you've had all along um but for me aboga was um a thing that so ibogaine is used for heroin addicts um and like we have ibogaine clinics here there's a documentary called dosed and it's about a about a girl and she started with mushrooms um similar to what i did and and then um she did the ibogaine at the iboga soul with uh, mark howard and um and with that they do it in a way that they put you on like morphine which is a fast acting opiate compared to like methadone which is like a really slow release it's like over 36 hours at last and um and then they get you to a point where they can give you the iboga and then it kind of iboga flushes your system like you put you into withdrawals like instantly and and then you have like a spiritual experience and it awakens you and then you don't have the withdrawal symptoms but it is very 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 um dangerous to do um and and it's like five grand to do this like 30-day program and when you're a heroin addict you know you don't have five grand just laying around right. i i would do all, i would do all my money so i i uh my son's mom actually found it for me um when I was getting clean before I had my son and we were going to do that and I, and I didn't. And, um, that's okay. It's all part of, it's all part of it where like, I'm very happy with my path. Like even the like jumping on the transformer sounds weird, but I'm very glad that that happened and that I like of, of all things, you know, like I always thought something weird and crazily epic was going to happen like that. Like I was going to survive. I always thought it was going to be like some crazy car crash um but no it was something even crazier but um so so that was always on my radar and i always kind of wanted to do it because i would like go back on the air and i'm like oh yeah if i just had five grand at one point i tried to start a kickstarter for it didn't work you know i got like 500 dollars, you know like so um but um yeah so when i was in camp my i had a girlfriend and she was like oh there's this dose documentary do you want to go see it i'm like oh what's it all about she's like it's about mushrooms in a boga and i was like oh yeah totally like fuck yeah of course so she sent me like the information on the website and i was like looking at it, i'm like oh beautiful cool i'm really excited for this and um <clears throat> then uh they had like their sponsors um on there and i'm like oh bogo wellness i'm gonna check that out boom and i was like oh beautiful costa rica come down for like eight days and do a boga twice and traditional buweedi and i was like because i wasn't on heroin anymore i didn't really need to go and do ibogaine you know, that's more for like getting people off the drugs. I'm like, well, 
you know, I don't really need to do that. I'm like, and that's five grand and it's a month and I don't really want to take a month off work. This is only like eight days. It's pretty much the same price, but it's in Costa Rica. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to Costa Rica. And I like, I made a decision. I'm like, I have been sober now for, I think it was like maybe eight months. And I'm like, I've been able to do like 10 months. And then I think that was like the most I got in like the last couple of years. And I just kept buggering it up, right? And I just kept, I kept, kept using, even when I was sober sometimes, like I would go, I was sober for two years at one point and every once in a blue moon, I would go and use heroin. I would go and shoot up heroin and, and, and then I would never use it again for like, you know, like months and months and months and months. And it was like, like, that's not good. Like, cause that means I still on, obviously haven't worked on myself enough to not need that. Right. Like I'm still looking for that escape. Right. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I, I, I inquired and everything was really cool. And, you know, we were talking back and forth and um, you know, I had the money all saved up and I was like, all right. And he's like, well, what days were you thinking? I was like, oh, I'm thinking like maybe January next year after Christmas. And he's like, okay, we'll take a look at the dates again. And then once you pick one, you let me know. So I took a look at the dates again and it was like, oh, December 13th, discounted rate. And I'm like, I like discounts. What's up with this? So I messaged him, I'm like, so what's with this discount? He's like, oh, we're filming a documentary. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, I'd, I'd, actually been, I'd actually been on live TV a couple of times, you know, kind of spreading the word about addiction and doing some fundraising for Hometown Heroes. And uh, I like being on TV. I like, I like telling my story. I think it's a benefit to, the, to, to a lot of people, right? And so I was like, well, I think I should definitely be on this documentary because here, look at this stuff, right? So I sent them all my video clips and my newspaper stuff. And, and they were like, yeah, we definitely want to have you. So I was able to get a discount. So I didn't even have to spend five grand. And I went down to Costa Rica and I filmed a documentary over eight days. Well, we filmed a lot over eight days and then we've been filming over the last year. So right now I'm actually doing fundraising. I'm actually got a meeting right after this to go meet a guy that's like a documentary guy that raises money for them. And I'm going to go talk to him about getting some money <laughs> and uh, finishing this documentary finally. Um, it's called The Root. And yeah, it's about how Boga helps you. So like with Dost, it's, um, you know, there's like, I think her name is Andrea. And like, they see her and it's like, oh, I'm a heroin addict. Oh, I eat a little bit of mushrooms and it kind of helps a little bit. And it's like, oh, I'm going back and forth. I'm going back. And then she does a boga and then, oh, I'm healed. And that, that's it. Right. There's no real follow up for how she's doing. Like, is she still clean? Like, we don't know. Right. So um, this one is about doing the boga. That's how it starts. We start with doing a boga. We don't end with doing a boga. And then it's me. Oh, well, it's not just me. There's five of us, but us over the, 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 the year and how we're doing. And, um, you know, you look at, you look at me, like I, I used to be a chef. I quit my job. I started my own microdosing company. Uh, you know, I've been doing my own guided stuff. You know, I've been working with our medicine group that we're in, you know, like tomorrow I am doing my very last day of training for the Campbell. Um, so I'll be providing to Jacqueline and Molly and they will be my first official people. And then I will be an official Campbell provider. So I'll be able to provide Campbell to people, which is amazing, you know, so, uh, people, yeah. People might not know what Campbell is, so what's Campbell? 
So Cam Campbell is another Amazonian medicine. It is uh, comes from the monkey tree frog. It's a beautiful little green guy, and they take them and they 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 don't torture him, but they tie him up and it makes him really mad. And then he excretes this like waxy um, poison, and then they collect it and they put it on a stick. And then what we do is we take um, it's like a Tibetan um, um, incense stick, and it's like non-toxic. It's just like just just herbs and stuff like that. And we burn it and we make little dots. So you see the little dots and then that opens up a portal and then that allows the medicine to get absorbed into your bloodstream. So when you put these little, you take it and then you make a little dot out of this poison and you put it on, you drink a liter and a half of water and, and then that works as a conduit. And what that does is it, it kind of cleanses you, it detoxes you and it pushes all the stuff into your stomach. So your liver and your kidneys, your gallbladder, things like that, all of it, it, it Get put in there and then you get really flush, hot, your heart starts beating and you start to feel nauseous. And then there's medicine songs going on in the background that connects you. You are in such a present moment. You are like right here, right now. You can't think about no past, no future. You're just like, oh God, what's going on? And that allows you to actually connect to yourself in that moment. And uh, you can have a very beautiful spiritual experience where you get like downloads from your higher self. And then you purge and it all comes out and it cleanses you and you feel amazing after it. During, not so much. It's one of those things where you're like, oh God, why did I do this? Oh, what have I done? Oh God, it's horrible. And then after you're like, man, that was amazing. Let's do it again. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it connects you to yourself. It kind of gets rid of the chatter up here. Um, that's definitely a problem that I've had for a long time. It was like, just like chatter. So it's like thinking about what I got to do or what I've done or and it's so hard to focus sometimes when you just got all of it going on up here and then you do that and you're just like oh i'm just here right now and i'm just happy with being and i can breathe and i can relax and it's like oh okay well let's let's think about what i have to do okay well i need to do this okay yeah and you're just like it's so peaceful it's so nice and it's enjoyable and it connects you and um it, again, it works as like really good for detoxing, good for your stomach. Um, it's really good for like autoimmune diseases, um, all sorts of. It's like a laundry list of things is good for, um, you know. So um, really good for your immunity too. Like I've been doing it now for about a year, just almost a year now, and I haven't been sick at all. Um, you know, and the people that train me, they're like, yeah, no, if you start to feel sick, you give yourself some Campbell and you'll be fine. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, being able to work with all these amazing medicines and then I'll be, I'll be trained. I'll be going to Costa Rica at some point to train to be an aboga provider. Cause that's like my main medicine. So, and, um, yeah, I'll be able to come back here and I'm also working with a couple different groups now. Um, um, hopefully be working with Trevor Miller. He, I had a discussion with him. He's from NAPS Canada. He's like the head of Canadian Psychedelic Association. Um, he is the chief psychedelic officer for Neon Mind. And he had talked about, um, he's developing a couple things like the Psychedelic Roundtable, which is about all the research for micro, microdosing and psychedelics. So like nobody's kind of stepping on each other's toes. We're, we're going to kind of work all together about, you know, figuring out like, oh, this person wants to do research on, you know, weight loss and anxiety and depression and PMS and whatever. And everyone's got like, okay, that's your thing. So we're not like double studies, you know, like it just makes more sense. And then he's oh, starting a thing called the Psychedelic Justice League, 
And um, he, he asked if I would be interested in something like that because of my story with the addiction. And that's going to actually tackle um, the East Side and people with addictions. And not only that, but indigenous communities. And um, that's kind of where I've come from, too. I grew up in Campbell River, Port Hardy, and Queen Charlotte's, and very indigenous. I have a lot of, you know, Native friends. And, and um, you know, I've seen firsthand, you know, like the what's going on you know with with the addictions and like the reservations you know and it's it's sad because it was caused by the colonialism right so um and they have a lot of they have a lot they obviously have a lot of uh, ancestral trauma from what happened you know with you know being taken away you know the residential schools just with you know just with the racism and um yeah so it's it would be amazing to be able to give back to those kind of communities that that I was once part of. And uh, I'm also working with um, another man named Terry Woodcroft. He's opening up MMRC, which is Medical Mushroom Resource Center. And it'll be a mushroom clinic where you can come in. We will have a legal um, avenue for you to be able to apply for the mushroom exemption, the 56 um, mushroom exemption. And, and that will, my voice is going all weird. Whoa. That's really weird. That's cool. Okay, cool, cool, interesting. Hi, spirit. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's yeah, that's really weird. Interesting. <laughs> that's so cool. The people they kept <laughs> happening, but your light was like flashing on and off, on and off. I'm like, what's going on over there? Okay. that's like that's like my hardwired one too my like i have these led ones and they flash sometimes because they're just weird because they're like wi-fi but that one yeah it's like religion just electricity wow what we were just talking about when that was flashing um mmrc the medical mushroom resource center so yeah a legal a legal avenue for people to get exemptions. We'll have, we already have a therapist uh, in place that can, you know, um, um, has, um, can get the exemptions, sign the form. We have a doctor as well. And then we have a research and develop place where we can buy illegal mushrooms, um, which is cool. So, um, you know, taking my company, uh, Salicare, um, hopefully public and legal at some point is, is a huge, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's huge. It's going to be something that, um, we'll be able to help people and I'm very excited about it and um, yeah all the different things that I'm working with so <laughs> yeah you're doing a lot of things holy crap there's like so many things I want to continue to ask you like <laughs> like we can talk about silo care in a second um, but like with so was, I am just playing devil's advocate here so so yeah, yeah. someone's like okay yeah Jesse like you had a, a lot of drug history homeless blah 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 now you're just doing because a lot of the population thinks that like all these the plant medicines are like still classified as drugs and like psilocybin lsd all that stuff they're like schedule one drugs that are illegal so it's like like do you think that you're just trading one addiction for another like why is plant medicine like better like what oh, yeah they're, they're they're actually in canada there's schedule three drugs so they the, the canadian government actually does realize and acknowledge that there is uses for them for scientific and medical purposes so we're, we're not the states even though the states are like decriminalizing like 
crazy, but yeah. they, they have in class. So they're actually not as bad in Canada as if you were to get busted down the States. Um, so yeah, what I would say to that is, yeah, these can be used as a drug still. They can be used as a medicine or a drug, just like other drugs. You know, like I do agree that, yeah, if I'm getting surgery, I want you to give me fentanyl while I'm getting surgery so I don't feel the pain. You know, <laughs> like that's that's something that I want while I'm getting cut open. And and then it's it's being used its proper way. Um, yeah, mushrooms can be abused 100%. Um, LSD can be abused. All these things can be abused, right? Um, why are you using it? Oh, what are you getting out of it? So like if you're partying with it, um, yeah, you're not going to be probably getting any cool downloads, right? You're not going to be like, oh yeah, no, you know, my higher self came down when I was like disco raving and it told me like, oh, I should start start eating better, you know? Like, that's just not going to happen, right? Um, it's all in how you use the medicine. So if you are going to take the medicine and you're going to lay down, sit still, close your eyes and put some really relaxing music on, you're going to have a much different experience, right? So the two main things when using any kind of psychedelic is set and setting. Um, so it's, it's, it's really about your intentions, right? So again, just with any of those drugs, like, you know, like, you know, obviously I, I, I'm not like super big on antidepressants, right? Like I would rather people use medicine like this, but if you're like about to kill yourself and you have like, like something really bad in your life, I think antidepressants can be used for very short term. But I think if that's going to stop you from killing yourself and allow you to just get to a place where you can heal, then it does have a bit of a benefit. And a lot of these medicines do. I don't think we should be prescribing antidepressants like freaking candies like we do, because that just leads to a lot more issues, right? Oh, yeah. The nice things about these, yeah, and the nice thing about these kind of medicines are they are non-habit forming. You literally cannot do them over and over again, because the more that you do them, the less they work which is why we have the schedule four on three off, you so know, and if you awesome. listen, to, <laughs> if, if you listen to my recommendations, I tell people like, I don't think you should do a microdose schedule for more than three months. Um, I, you need to take time off because otherwise you're now just replacing, um, you know, like your antipsychotic or antidepressants with mushrooms. You know, like I don't want you to be on these things forever and ever. You shouldn't be on these things forever and ever because what we need to do is listen to what our, when we get to connect, because that's what the medicine does, is it connects our brain. We allows us to break down these deep, the default mode networks so we hear the other parts of us, right? Because otherwise we're just listening to our higher memory, which is like always trying to protect us. It's our ego. It's like, oh, well, don't do that because, oh, it might happen like this. And you're always worried about like the past and how the future might be the same thing as the past. And you, and you make decisions based off that instead of making decisions in the now. And that's what these medicines do. They allow you to be present with yourself. They allow you to connect to your heart and make those decisions based off of like, yeah, your present moment and what your kind of heart is telling you. And that kind of leads to a lot more, you know, better, better results, right? And, 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 and yeah, you just, you end up having a much better life. And if you take the lessons and you apply them, which is integration, which to me, I think is the most important part because otherwise like you can go and do a boga and ayahuasca and all these medicines, you can go and do them and you can have amazing downloads, beautiful insights, you know, the, the universe could come and talk to you and God and your higher self and be like, you know, you should do this and this and this and this and this. And then you're like, yeah, no, totally. And then like, days and weeks later you're just like doing the same fucking things drinking alcohol watching a lot of tv not exercising you know not getting rid of the people that are toxic in your life and you don't listen to any of it and you don't apply it 
you're not gonna it's just it was just it was just a trip it was just it was just a trip it was just a journey it wasn't it wasn't actually healing because you never took the plus the lessons and applied them so that to me is like the most important part so as you're doing this you need to be journaling you need to be aware and you need to be able to integrate those lessons because without the integration it's just pointless you're never gonna you're never gonna move forward without it and and when you take these medicines it's it can be difficult i tell a lot of people the path of healing is not an easy one because the the lessons and the downloads and the insights you're going to get usually are a lot of hard things like quit your job like it's like people think they're happy they're like oh i'm making all this money in my job like oh yeah look at look i got a house and a car and they're like they think that that is leading to the happiness yet they're so depressed and it's like no you need to like do what you love. You need to find what your passion is. The uh, Japanese call it uh, Ikigai. Ikigai. So it's like, what are you good at? You know, what are you passionate about? What does the world need? And what can you make money at? And if you find out those four things right in the middle, the Ikigai. And that's your purpose. Mm -hmm. So like for me, like psychedelics is, is a beautiful thing. It's like, because I'm passionate about them. I know about them. The world definitely needs them right now. And I can actually make money doing this, you know? And, and that, that to me, like money is a by, byproduct of what I'm doing. I don't need to make money. I, I'm like, I'm happy just like, yeah, I don't need to make money. And the day that I'm like, I don't care about money is the day that it just started flooding in. It was amazing. You know, Isn't like I am so awesome. abundant. <laughs> like, you that, let's your focus on like the need of like, oh, I'm, I'm living in lack of, oh, I need money, I need money. It's like, it gets further away from you, you know? And then it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, well, that's how magic that's, that's how magic works. It's, it's yeah. how magic works, right? Like that's, that's um, um, I just forgot it. Um, manifestation right it's about where your brain power is being because like we are super powerful right and people are always like oh they're all over. and it's like well if you can actually like kind of hone that and focus on only a certain amount of things that will help you manifest it a lot more because if you're like and then you need to know i need that and you're just like no 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 i know i'm just i'm just focused on helping and healing and doing this and 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 like me right like i'm i'm doing this then it's all it all just comes flooding in it's just like the abundance is just amazing right it's mm -hmm. and when you when you can see that in in a different with a different lens like and almost like it's like you do like an entire 180 right and and you're just like oh wow like wow and you become more grateful of things you become more loving you become more compassionate towards like the earth and the people you know you're more tuned in you know you want to learn about different stuff your whole life changes you know I mean? like, if you want to be better you usually got to make some pretty drastic changes right those paradigms need a shift you can't just be living in the same paradigms and be like oh well why am i still unhappy and why do i have these issues and i'm like because you're not moving forward you got to move forward <laughs> Right. Exactly. Um, I know I'm running out of time, but I want to talk about. Well, I'll def I feel like I need to have you on like a <laughs> part two because uh, you have so many great things to say. But with your, so you have a brand, is still Cybin brand. So are you able to talk about that a little and how that's that's the heart blend. Um, we have we have a whole bunch we also sell like whole mushrooms is it backwards it looks backwards on my camera no i can read that fully okay cool yeah so we have i have like 15 different strains of mushrooms depending on what you're looking for um again i do 
<clears throat> talking about the recreational use of mushrooms, I do promote recreational use of mushrooms because to me, out of like, you know, it's okay to have fun. And mushrooms are a beautiful thing to have fun with because of the, the minimal impact on your health. Right. Um, they are literally the lowest thing. You are not going to have a hangover in the morning. You know, you're not going to do things. You're, you're probably going to regret the next day. You're going to remember everything. You're not hurting your liver, your brain, your kidneys. It's literally got like zero impact on your health. Uh, in fact, it's good for you. It, it, it creates neurogenesis, so it actually helps your brain um, fix itself. <clears throat> so I do promote this. And it's like, if you're going to go to a party, especially like people that have like social anxiety, you know, we, ha we have like the, the Psychonaut. It's, it's like a Scooby snack. I'm like, man, you take one or two of those, you're going to have a great time at the party. You don't need a drink. Even smoking pot, as much as, you know, marijuana has got benefits, I personally think like you are still smoking something. You know, it does have, it's not good for your lungs, right? Like it does over time, it's going to affect your lungs. Um, and it does, it does have some effects to it. You know, not definitely not nearly as much as alcohol, but yeah. So we have eight different blends. Um, <clears throat> I have uh, the harmony blend. I have heart blend, brain blend, um, third eye blend. I have a moon time blend for the ladies. I have a lucid dream blend. It's actually like a sleep aid and it's got 25 milligrams of uh, psilocybin in it. So I call that a nano dose. Um, and I've created, I've actually created a, a seven categories for dosing. So we have the nano dose, uh, the micro dose, the mini dose, the macro, the heroic, uh, or sorry, the therapeutic, the mystic, and then the God dose. And so you can, I got, and I got like a full write up on the website. It kind of like tells you what to expect. Um, from each one of those doses as well too. And um, we have some extracts. I have some, I'm working with a, with a company that creates a psilocybin powder extract. So it's uh, in one gram of psilocybin powder, there's 20 milligrams of pure psilocybin, whereas a typical mushroom is about 0.6 gram or 0.6 um, milligrams of psilocybin per gram. So it's a much higher dose. Um, then we have a tincture, we do have gummies as well too. And, um, you know, pardon? You have everything. Yeah. And we'll be, we'll be making some other cool things. So the, but most of the mushrooms like grow here in BC. Yeah, yeah. they all grow. That's sweet. We're BC. I'm not, I'm not getting no mushrooms outside of BC. Good, good, good. Yeah. We're, like, we're, 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 like, we're like the... We're like the mecca of mushrooms, right? I'm curious. I want to try yours because um, I just had someone on the podcast a couple weeks ago, and she works for a a new brand, also a mushroom brand, and they're called um, Get Bright Future. Have you heard of them? Oh, yeah, I, know. I know Get Bright, yeah. Yeah, they uh, wanted to sponsor the podcast, so they're like, <laughs> I don't know if this is like cross-promoting, and I'm like, I've got uh, them this like, yeah, sponsoring the pod, so. I would, they're, they're a good brand. I really like their uh, packaging. Um, their packaging's so awesome. Yeah, they got good stuff. Yeah, um, that's, we're, we're, we're like, again, we're, they've been around for a bit longer, right? Um, uh, we're, we're quite new, um, so, you know, I, I'm not someone that had a lot of money because of my addiction. So I've been pretty much just doing it. Me and my business partner have been doing it ourselves. So it's, you know, we're very small and been kind of like building it up, but it's been going good. 
have a pretty good in, Instagram. Like I have a decent customer. Um, um, I don't know what to call it. Customer bank, I guess. <laughs> um, I have a, a decent amount of customers. You know, like I'm, a, I'm making decent money just with Instagram right now. So I'm really excited for the website. And the website, once it's up and running, all money, not all money, but a lot of the money is just going to be put right back into the company yeah. with upgrading, packaging. You know, I would like to go with obviously something that's recyclable um, down the line because plastic, obviously, to me is not good, but it's. No. You know, it's, it's a means to an end right now. Um, and then I'd like to have my labels directly on my bottles, kind of like Bright Future. They have those nice white bottles with the labels lasered on. Um, and just have some, yeah, nicer packaging um, and some nicer, um, you know, when you open it, the experience, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, we'll be we'll be doing some other cool, cool things that, and we've been working with some other people. And then I also want to develop a site that's kind of like, um, like a mini, like a mall for psychedelics. Uh, so like we have, I've, I've talked to a bunch of, of different people and they're all on board. Um, I just got to get my site started and then I'm going to pay for, um, we're going to have a, um, a site on our site, which is like, all right. So like, if you don't like any of our products, here is our trusted partners. So I'll be promoting all the brands. I've talked to Get Ray Future. I've talked to, you know, like um, um, Microdose, Scanna, Microsybin. I got uh, I got a bunch of different people that are, are willing to have my stuff on their site uh, or on my site. And it would be like a place where it's like you can go for it all. <clears throat> and my, my theory is like, man, it's mushrooms. Mushrooms are all about being connected. We're all about helping each other. You know, like I don't need to be in competition with nobody. I want to no. No competition is collaboration and we're all like, we want the, the greater purpose, right? And to heal and to help people. And the, the more, honestly, the more brands the, right now, the better. Like how many freaking brands are there for alcohol? You know what I'm saying? It's like, let's go, let's flip the script. Like, well, yeah, you, you, look, you, look at weed, you look at weed too, right? Like how many different gummies and tinctures and da, 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 da. There's so many, right? So many. So, um, and, and yeah, and then so like my, hopefully, um, I can have my uh, my um, my brand team, and like I said, we're going to be moving in the office hopefully pretty soon, and then hopefully we can just have people, good people in place, and then I can take off because I don't want to run a company. I don't want to even own a company. I can like I can own it. I just don't want to run. It. I just I don't I don't want I don't it's, it's annoying. I don't. I got other things I want to do, you know. So I'm gonna just like you know put people in place and or sell some of it, and then I'm gonna take off to Costa Rica, go do. Go be a medicine man and travel the world. Be a medicine man and travel the world. That's so awesome. Um, Jesse, I have to have you on again. I know we're running out of time, but thank you so much for sharing your story. Like that's amazing. You're just like, you are an inspiration. Like to literally be freaking on crystal meth and to be shooting up heroin to now like that you go, you've got a freaking business and I'm so excited to see where it takes you. And yeah, dude, word of mouth. Honestly, like you're an amazing human. I love you so much. And like, whatever I can do to help support you, like, please let me know. And if you need, oh, yeah, someone, well, if you need someone for your company, like, hey. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm going to need, I'm going to need a team. So there you definitely. go. <laughs> um, thank you so much for having me on. I love you. Jesse, I love you so much. Bye. Namaste. Namaste. See you later. Bye.